fall or autumn, if you prefer, is a, a great time of year. Uh, after the hot, hot temperatures of summer, it just feels good. What I don't like about fall is I know what's coming next is winter. And even though it's not like a western New York winter here in Oklahoma, it's still cold and you get snow. But in the fall, some people can go kind of pumpkin crazy. You know, you get pumpkin spice everything. Uh, somebody had on Facebook a while ago uh, was some kind of motor oil, mobile or Quaker State or whatever it was, uh, pumpkin spice. And I don't think it's gone that far quite yet anyways. But one thing that I don't like is here in Oklahoma, we don't get the the, the colors of fall uh, like we enjoyed in western New York with all the, the hardwood trees. But that gives an, an excuse to take a road trip so we get to go check them out someplace else, which we're going to be doing. But it's also apple season. Now, there's not a lot of apple orchards here, uh, unfortunately, because uh, we had to get our apples this year from uh, Walmart, of all places, but it means applesauce at our house. Uh, we've done 96 quarts so far, and I think we may be at the end. We usually do over 100, but I think we're going to just go with what we've got so far. So we make it for ourselves and for our sons, and everybody enjoys some delicious homemade applesauce. Because all it is is apples and just a, a little bit of water. No sugar, no coloring of any kind. Just God's delicious apples. And it was mostly all Jonathan apples this year. And hopefully there'll be an apple pie or two or three in there as well. God has given us so much to enjoy. You know, all of the fruits and the vegetables and the, the meat. Now, I know some will disagree with that, but eh, got to deal with it, okay? But I'm thankful for the people that skillfully grow what we get to enjoy. You know, when we go to the grocery store, there's produce there from all over the world. There's things that were unheard of when I was growing up or they were considered a delicacy, just enjoyed by few. Uh, you know, I remember Halloween, some places would give out apples, and that was a big treat. Or you'd get an orange in your stocking. You know, wow, an orange, are you kidding me? Wow, that's great. You know, now it's not a big deal, and we take it for granted, unfortunately. But Lord, I thank you for what you provided for us. Let's pray. Father, I just give you thanks that you made a variety of people. You made a, a variety of places. Uh, as we travel around the United States or around the world, we find that things are so much different from place to place, and that's the way you wanted it. You wanted the people to be different. You wanted uh, just the areas to be different. And you've uh, helped people to uh, become accustomed with wherever they are. And... Uh, Lord, you are just an awesome God in the way you created things. 
and you created it all for us to enjoy. Uh, the beauty, the, uh, the tastes, and all of that is, is for us. And Father, I just thank you. So Lord, as we look at your message today, Lord, let's see what you got for us. Father, just let the Holy Spirit open our hearts, our minds, and our ears as we go to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the Lord has given us all of those things, but he's given us so much more. And so I want to look at some of those other things. Okay, we talk about gifts and talents. You know, uh, what are we talking about? You know, first of all, there's gifts, and then there's spiritual gifts. And they're really two very different things. So I want to take a, a quick look at 1 Corinthians 12 to start with. And I'm going to kind of be skipping around in this. Because in verse 1 of 1 Corinthians 12, Paul starts out like this. Now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed. Uh, some translations say, I don't want you to be ignorant. Okay, so Paul's about to give us some very, very important information. So this is verses 4 through 6. Paul says there's different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, in everyone, it is the same God at work. Okay, so he just wants people to be um, ready to accept what it is that he has to say. And so he's letting us know that God does things in different ways. So this is verses 7 through 11. And Paul goes on to, to list the gifts of the Spirit. He says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one in the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Okay, so the gifts of the spirit are Wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, uh, in other words, discernment, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Now, I'm really not going to be speaking about these today. Uh, we'll get to them another time, maybe soon, and eh, maybe not. Okay, we'll see what the Lord leads. So, if we look at 1 Peter 4, we see where I'm really wanting to go with this message. Okay, in 1 Peter 4, beginning in verse 9, Peter says, Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks... 
they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Okay, these are the kind of gifts that I'm going to be looking at. Hospitality, speaking, serving, among others. Okay, and there's two things that Paul and Peter both emphasize in these. And that is to use what you have received to help others. Okay, and the other is that your gifts are for the glory of God. Okay, not to glorify yourself in any way, but to glorify God. So we've got hospitality, speaking, and serving. Now, to some, that might seem like some trivial things, common sense things that we should take for granted. And some will, and some do take those for granted. But if you're going to do it for the Lord, it's never insignificant and should be done with joy. Listen to what Paul wrote in Colossians, in chapter 3, verses 23 and 24. Paul says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Okay, when he wrote that, he was speaking to slaves, okay, but he's speaking to us as well in that. So the first thing that was mentioned was hospitality. Now, that's really not something that comes naturally to everyone. You can tell when you're in the presence of someone that has that gift, okay, because they're looking to meet all of your needs, Okay, they're looking to, to serve you in any way possible. You know, if you come into their home for a, a class, you come into their home for a meal, or you, you're just stopping by, okay, they want to meet whatever needs you have. You know, can I get you some coffee? You know, get you some water, some lemonade? You know, you're comfortable there? You want to sit over here? You know, you want to go outside? It's nice out. We can sit outside. You know, they're concerned about you and the needs that you have. And they're doing this for the Lord because this is a gift that they've been given. Now, the next one was speaking. Now, to some, this seems to just kind of come naturally. And to others, not so much. Okay, I've seen many speakers that God's word just kind of seems to flow out of them, okay, with or without notes, okay? Whenever I speak, I got notes, okay? That's what I'm using now. And when I was in the pulpit, well, I never was in the pulpit, but when I would be speaking Sunday mornings, you know, I always had notes of some kind, written notes, or once I got computer literate, enough anyways, to be able to, to have it on my iPad and to have notes. But, you know, some people can just, they just got it. 
You know, that's a, a gift that they've been given. I've seen others that it doesn't seem to me that they've received that gift. They have trouble speaking clearly or, you know, getting the message across. You know, I like to think, anyways, that I have the gift of speaking. Sometimes I'm not so sure. Other times, you know, maybe I think I'm too sure. You know, it, it would seem like on Sunday morning when I would present a message, and to me, I don't know, it just didn't seem like it had come together. You know, the, when I got done putting my notes together or when I got done bringing the message, you know, I would think, you know, ah, man, I don't know if this is really what the Lord wants or, or not. But on those mornings, someone would come up to me afterwards and say, man, that was just what I needed to hear today. Okay, and so the Lord is saying, yeah, okay, maybe you didn't please you, but you pleased me. And you brought the message that this man, this woman needed to hear. Not because of you, but because of me. God opens the ears and the hearts of the hearers. There's a story about a young country preacher who was being considered as a pastor. And the church board was asking him questions about the Bible. And one of the board members asked him, well, what's your favorite passage in the Bible? And he said, well, my, my favorite text is a parable of the Good Samaritan. And then he just began to, to go on about the, the Good Samaritan. And he says the Good Samaritan was riding his donkey down the road to Jericho one day, and he rode under the bough of an oak tree, and his long hair got tangled in the branches, and his donkey ran out from under him and left him hanging there for 40 days and 40 nights. Then along came Delilah, and she cut his hair, and he falls, and, and he falls among thieves who, who robbed him and left him for dead. And he, he picked himself up, and he hitchhiked a ride with Jehu in his chariot. As they approached Jericho, the boys looked down and said, It must be Jehu, for he driveth furiously. The boys hollered down to Jehu and said, What should we do with this Jezebel woman? Jehu said, Throw her down. The boy said, How many times? Jehu said, Seventy times seven. Of the fragments, they picked up twelve baskets. Now I ask you, whose wife will she be at the resurrection? Now, I have to admit, I've never heard somebody that was that off base, but I have heard some that, you know, I don't know if it's just the nervousness or the excitement of bringing a message, and, you know, they just got messed up. And, and I know that sometimes I catch myself, probably sometimes I don't. You know, when, maybe I'll say Peter when I should have said Paul, or maybe I'll say, you know, Jerusalem when I should have said Nazareth or whatever. But, you know, it, it just kind of happens. Even those people that I spoke about that just seems to have that natural gift, <coughs> excuse me, every once in a while, they mess up. So, 
it certainly is a gift. Well, the next one they talked about was serving. Now, this seems like a simple thing that anyone can do. And yes, we all can, we all do serve. But some people have a knack of doing it that, ah, it just seems so natural. Okay, now there's some people that they want to serve on the front line. Okay, they want to be the, the speaker. They want to be the, the soloist. They want to be the pianist or the, the worship leader or the choir director. They want to be the, the head usher. They want to be the one that the people see and recognize as, as being, I don't know, maybe not in charge, but, you know, they have a really important job to do. Now, all these things are, are needed, but, you know, being recognized for what we're doing, you know, you're really doing it for the Lord. Now, in Romans 12, 3, it kind of seems to go along with this because Paul says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. So in other words, you know, your perspective needs to be God's perspective. Okay, when you're given the, the opportunity to bring a message, when you're given the opportunity to be the head of a committee, whatever, don't let it go to your head, I guess is what I'm saying. You know, continue to do it for the Lord. Well, then there's others that serve that never seem to get any recognition, and that's fine with them. Okay, they do the things that other people don't want to do. The things that, you know, if they didn't do them, they probably wouldn't get done. And they do a lot of things that other people don't realize they're doing until they're no longer doing them. Okay, the one church that we served in New York, there was this couple, older couple, of course, and the wife, you know, she played the keyboard, she directed the choir, and all, and she was a very humble person. She was doing it because the Lord had given her those gifts. And her husband, he was just a really quiet guy, and he died very suddenly. And after he died, the people realized everything that he was doing, okay? Because he was the one that would get there early. This church, it was on three levels. A small church, but on three levels. And they, they put in a, an elevator. Uh, it was kind of funny because, you know, when you walked into the church, you know, because the... The basement was where there was like a fellowship hall and a kitchen. And then there was the classrooms and the top level was a sanctuary. So when you went in, you know, you either had to go up or down stairs. And so they put this elevator in finally and had a, a ramp leading up to the elevator so you could get into it. But he was the one that would get there early, make sure the elevator was working because sometimes it didn't. And, you know, would have that ready to go and was doing all these other things. And so after he died, it was like, oh, wow, you know, who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? Because Bernard was no longer there.
Well, so what are some of the other gifts? Well, let me go back to Romans 12, because there Paul tells us, starting in verse 4, he says, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So let's take a look at these gifts that Paul mentions. Okay, the first gift that he writes about is prophesying. Not something that we hear an awful lot about nowadays, okay? We read of a lot of prophets in the Old Testament. You know, a lot of the, the smaller books, they're all prophets. We call them, you know, the, the lesser prophets, not because they didn't do anything important, but because we don't have a lot written about what they did. There's a few that we'll see here and there in the New Testament, but we seldom hear someone today being a prophet. That doesn't mean that there aren't any. It means we don't maybe hear about it. But the second part of the, that verse 6 is really important because it says to prophesy in accordance with your faith. Okay, make sure that it is the Lord that's speaking and not you. Okay, make sure that the words that you're giving and claiming it to be prophecy has come from the Lord. Okay, because we hear about a lot of false prophets. Those are most of the prophets that we hear about in the New Testament are false prophets. Well, the next thing was serving. So I already spoke about that. So let's move on to the third one, which is teaching. Oh, boy. James speaks about teaching in chapter 3, verse 1. He says, Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. Why does James say that? Okay, Why would a teacher be judged more strictly than others? Well, teachers have a great responsibility, and that's at any level. It doesn't matter if you're a first-grade teacher, teaching kids how to read and write. It doesn't matter if you're a high school chemistry teacher. You know, I never took chemistry, praise God. But it doesn't matter if you're teaching at that level, or if you're a professor in college, if you're teaching in seminary. Or if you're teaching in the church, you've got a great responsibility because teachers, they're seen as people with a greater knowledge in their area, whatever it might be. You know, whether it's that chemistry teacher or the professor teaching some kind of engineering in college or the professor at seminary that's teaching New Testament or Old Testament or whatever it might be. You know, you you look at that person as having a, a greater knowledge than you in whatever area they may be teaching. And a 
students usually, at least used to, see their teacher as an authority on whatever the subject might be. And because of that, they're going to be judged more strictly because of that responsibility that they have. Okay, so that's why James says, you know, if you're going to be a teacher, just remember, you're going to be judged more strictly than those that you're teaching. Okay, next on Paul's list of gifts is encouragement. Heh, that seems simple enough, doesn't it? I mean, everybody can be a cheerleader. Go Browns! You know, yay team! Whatever the team may be. But I think Paul is meaning more than just this. Now, I'm not going to try to pronounce a Greek word here, but it means to encourage, to uplift, to motivate, to pray for. Okay, that's the kind of encouragement that people need. Okay, we may not see it, we may not be aware of it, but there's a lot of people right close by us that need encouragement. And so we need to, to do it in, in the way that Paul tells us to, you know, to do it cheerfully. Well, the next one is one that pastors and financial secretaries and treasurers all like, and that is giving. Oh, how does Paul say to give generously? Okay, the Greek here means bountifully liberally. And that's how we're to give because we've been given so much. Now, I don't want to turn this into a message on giving, except for this little bit right here. But we're all called to give, and some more than others. Some people, that really is their gift. And I'm not just talking about rich people. Okay, there's some people that you know, or just kind of getting by, but their gift is giving, and they give above sometimes what they can. And they're giving to, you know, lift up the Lord. So without them, the church and its ministries would be in big trouble. Well, next is to lead. Okay, every business Every committee, every group, every team needs a leader. Okay, if there's no leader, chaos may occur. I mean, can you imagine a football team that somebody there wasn't the leader on offense or defense? Okay, there needs to be somebody to say, this is what we're going to do. Okay, this is a plan. You know, you know what your position is and what you're supposed to do. Do it. And that's what the leader needs to do. Now, there's some people that are natural-born leaders. And there's some that just kind of think that they are. Some people like to be the leader. And others, they never want to lead. Okay? And there's some people that lead and lead very well. And there's others that are more like drivers. You know, that's why God uses the comparison the believers as sheep and, you know, having the shepherd because the shepherd goes and the sheep follow. He didn't call us goats, okay, because the goats 
They're not going to follow. You've got to drive them along. And that's the way some leaders are. Some lead by example. Some just, you know, read the book and say, this is what you're supposed to do. Well, Paul said to do it diligently. That means with care, to do it conscientiously. Well, the last gift that Paul mentions is to show mercy and to do it cheerfully. Now, we might think that this is kind of the same as encouragement, but it means to have compassion, to, to show leniency, and also to do it cheerfully. And sometimes that's difficult to do, especially with some people. Excuse me. That's why it's a gift. So how does all this speak to you and me today? Well, we've all been given gifts. If you think that God didn't give you a gift of any kind, you're wrong. Okay, it just means that you haven't discovered it yet. Now, you may not have the, the gifts or the gift that you wish you had. You know, you look at your friend Beulah and the, the gifts that she has, and you think, wow, you know, why can't I be like Beulah? Why can't I do this? Why can't I do that? But that's not what God has given you. Okay, so you may not have the gifts that you think you have. You may think that you're a, a teacher, but you're really not. You may think that you're able to, to show encouragement, but you really don't. So we need to discover what our gifts are and use them for the glory of God. After all, that's why he gave them to you, was to glorify him, not yourself. Now, there's different programs out there, tests that you can take that will help you find your gifts. You can ask those that know you best, you know, what they feel that your gifts may be. And the most important thing is to pray that the Lord's going to reveal your gifts to you. And when you do, it'll be kind of like this, like this song. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Melt me, mold me, fill me, use me. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Help me to find my gifts that I can glorify you. Let's pray. Father, I just give you thanks for your word and how it was written hundreds of years ago, but Lord, it means so much to us today and can help us to, to be who you need us to be for you. We can bring glory to you by finding our gifts and using them for you. Lord, I know there's some of my uh, brothers and sisters that, that may be listening that you know, they're maybe not sure what their gifts are, or they're not sure just how to use their gifts. Lord, guide them and direct them. Lord, send them someone that can help them to be able to d discover what they have and how it can be used for your glory. Lord, there may be someone that listening to this that doesn't know you, that's never made a commitment to you of any kind, and, you know, they certainly don't think they have any gifts because they don't even know you. So, Lord, let this be the day that they know who you are, that they begin a relationship with you, the most important relationship that they can have, 
more important than their relationship as a parent or a child or a spouse, more important than their relationship as an employer or an employee or just a person in the neighborhood, that, Lord, the relationship that they have with you is the number one relationship that they need in their life. Let them know that they need to surrender themselves to you, to ask for forgiveness of their sins, and to allow you to guide them and direct them. Let them pray like this. Dear Heavenly Father, I know I'm a sinner. I know I need a Savior. Thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, to be the only Savior, the only way to spend eternity with you. Father, I ask you to forgive me and let your Holy Spirit fill me that I can be used by you for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.